Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 76 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Yeehaw! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we have a foosball game on today, and for those of us in America... That is a soccer. Uh, so we we are uh, we are on a time crunch, but um, yep. I think I think this is for a good cause. Who's playing? Dedication actually? to the craft. Uh, Chelsea is playing. Ooh, Chelsea. they have the blue jerseys. They do. Look at you. I'm very impressed yeah. with your knowledge. I know. I know a little bit. I try to. I consider myself a, a worldly man. <laughs> a, a, a traveled man, in, at least in terms of the internets. <laughs> so, so what have you been playing? You know what? I've actually been playing a new mobile game reckon, recommended by a YouTuber called Slazo. I don't know if you've ever watched any of his stuff. He like basically goes down Reddit boards and narrates Reddit posts, usually for like r slash nice guys or like that sort of thing. So it's quite funny. But anyway, he recommended this game called Mobile Royale. And I've, I used to play Clash of Kings before, and I felt like it was missing something. And this new mobile game, while it is one of the typical pay-to-play sort of mobile games that you get, I feel like the timers on this one are not as ridiculous as some of the ones in the past. I'm like level player level 18 right now, and upgrading the castle only takes like four hours. And that's like, that's like a big uh like undertaking and there's loads of things that you can do to occupy your time so you can go out into the world and and send your troops to fight monsters or you can go through a campaign mode where you battle in like skirmishes and acquire new heroes to add to your team so it actually has a lot of different elements it's not just like castle building and then open world combat it's got like several different things going on there's like diplomacy and trade and all sorts so i've been playing it for about two Sorry, about two days now, and I've already gotten to player level 18, and I I really think it's a good, if you have nothing else to play, it's a, it's a solid option if you like the fantasy genre. Like, I might, you can, like, choose which one of the heroes is going to represent your player, and I've got this elfy-looking chick with, like, giant swords. So there's, it's a pretty interesting game. It's free to download, and, you know, it doesn't cost you anything unless you want to buy gold, which I haven't felt the need to yet so it's pretty solid what have you been playing uh well what is that called again it's called mobile royale mobile royale okay okay um well uh the well i've been playing a little bit of everything again uh i have not gotten back into kingdom hearts i'm torn 
I've just I, I just had, haven't decided if I want to actually finish that game or not. Um, I it's just it's too much for me. Um, I think it might have been okay a few years ago, maybe, or if I didn't have kids and I could I had time to invest. But when ten hours of cutscenes alone uh, in that game, I just don't know that I have time to do it. Um, plus, the story didn't make sense. Whatever, come at me. Um, the, I, I have been playing, uh, I got back into, I've been playing Warcraft a little bit more because I wanted to raid. So I've got my eye level up and, um, I'm not raiding with my guild, but I'm doing the, the, the pugs, basically the, uh, the looking for a group or looking for raid, uh, which was, is probably the best thing that's happened to Warcraft for me because I don't have the schedule to raid and generally I get in pretty good raid groups so um, I haven't had any trouble or had very much trouble anyway uh, since they implemented looking for raid but uh, the new raids that they have are really interesting I'm, I know it's been a while since you've played but in this in this series of raids this you know in Battle for Azeroth you have we are the, the well, I say we. I'm I'm playing an alliance character. So the alliance character is uh, we are invading Zandalar, which is like the main capital of of where the horde is right now. However, in the uh, when we are leaving after you defeat the king, and you're leaving, um, you play as uh, the you play the, as the horde. So like I'll go into the last wing of this of this raid. And it's actually telling the story from the Horde's point of view. So I will play my Shaman, but I will play a Horde version of the Shaman. And I will have to fight Weird. Alliance bosses on the way out. Because that's actually what happened was, you know, the Horde was fighting Alliance bosses on the way out. And uh, so as the story is being told to you, you're playing it out. Which is pretty cool. And um, the only bad part is, is like the the last boss is Jaina Proudmoore, which is one of my favorite characters in the game. And kind of one of the main characters. I don't know what's ha what happens after that fight. Um, but I, I just know that you have to fight her. And you have to fight um, the leader of the of the gnomes, which some people may be saddened by that. I don't know. Like I said, yeah, I haven't played that. I tried to get into the raid this morning. Uh, but you were ready much sooner than I thought you would be. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get into it. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry about that. I got to move on today. Carpe diem. After we get done. What's that? I said, I got to move on today. Carpe diem. That's right. Seize it. Seize it. Um, yeah. So I've been, I've been playing Warcraft probably more than anything else, uh, and diving into the switch to play, um, some of the new, online Nintendo games that they put up. I think they put up a special uh, Metroid, special Zelda. So, I mean, if $20 for a year to get to play all of those games that they're putting on, to me, is worth it. Plus, they gave Direct you a free download. 5,000. Of all of the systems so far, <laughs> it is, although they, they have... They have asked you to pay for some things more than once. It's five bucks and it's a one-time fee. It's not constant drip feed of content for I'll, more and more money. I will, I will give them that. I will give them yeah. that. And that, and I, and I just think there's a lot of goodwill in that. And I think that's kind of that's my justification so far. If if these other if these other uh, 
AAA developers and console developers get their shit together. Um, I may change my tune. But I don't anticipate that happening. <laughs> there's just too much money to be made until there's no money left. And so I think uh, they'll just keep drip feeding it. It's much like now that we'll we'll get into the news. Do you have any uh, do you have any news before I get into some of the news? Well, um, my news is about Huawei's new folding smartphone. Uh, so fo- folding phones are a thing this year. Uh, Samsung's releasing one. It's going to be $1,900, a little bit more. It's is bloody expensive. Um, and now Huawei's coming out, and theirs is even more expensive. I think uh, last time I looked at it, it was over two grand. Um, now it is, the, the reason why they say they're charging more is because theirs does have a bit more features, but their main phone screen, when it's not unfolded, is larger. So I think when it's unfolded, they're about the same size, uh, but the, the phone itself, when you have it, is a little bit larger, whereas Samsung's new uh, fold phone is quite slimline. Um, and with the, when the Samsung S8 came out, the S8 Plus, I thought that it looked like, and this is a, probably a bit uncharitable, but I thought it looked like a maxi pad. Like, it's just too tall. Like, it's so tall. <laughs> Um, and I didn't like it. And so I took it back and got the regular S8, the like, not the, not the plus, the like smaller one, because it was just too like weird to have such a long phone. Um, so looking at the diagrams of the Huawei phone versus the Samsung phone, I do, I would want to see the Samsung phone in person because now I have concerns that it's going to be quite long and thin which is not really, I wouldn't want to have to unsnap it to enjoy it all the time. You know, like yeah, I, yeah. I, sometimes I'd want to just watch it, you know, nor- normal size. Like, you know, when you're in confined spaces in a crowded train and stuff like that, you don't really want to be unsnapping your phone and making it seven and a half inches long. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is the year of a brand new cell phone phone category. And it really is starting to feel like the bloody future. That's interesting. Well, I, I haven't even, you mentioned that last week, or at least like that was the first time I'd ever been exposed to that, that technology and I still haven't seen them, but I just forgot to go look them up. I'm interested to see kind of how that plays out. Cause it's, a, that's prohibitively expensive for a phone. But, it's very expensive, but I remember when mobile phones first came out, they were that expensive. So this is a brand new category. They can kind of charge what they like, but if you give it a year, I imagine that the next generation will be more reasonably priced. You know, I I really, I feel like right now they know they can get away with it because you have to have a mobile phone these days. And if you want the best that's going, they're going to charge you a premium for it, you know? Right. And they can and people will pay it. Because you don't have a choice. Yeah. Because you, yeah, you don't have a choice. (laughs) Like, well, I have to have it. Exactly. And people, you don't, you don't. (laughs) Um, well, uh, let's see. I really, it's kind of been a slow, uh, slow news week, I guess. There, there are some things that popped up that I thought were interesting, uh, but nothing that I normally report on or nothing I was so interested in. I was like, well, you know what, that, that's something I think we should mention. Um, but something that is exciting for me is that, uh, Star Wars Celebration is coming up. I believe it's next month. Uh, I have never been. I really want to go. Huge Star Wars fan. Um, 
And one of the games that was on our list, or my list, of games I'm looking forward to in 2019 is Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, And that too. is, there is no information really on it. There's like really? nothing. Yeah, but they are going to reveal information, uh, probably a trailer, maybe gameplay, at Star Wars Celebration. So uh, that's that's exciting. That means that you know we will soon have something Some more to go details, on. Something to talk yeah, about. Some details. Uh, <coughs> I, I like that they're keeping it under wraps. I, I, you know, Blizzard used to do this when uh, you know they would they just would release a game. They wouldn't tell you when they were going to release it. They didn't put you know they just. It, it will be released when it's done. Yeah, it just happened. And they can't do that anymore. They're too big, and there's too many people, and you know, it's just not—it's not good. Uh, you know, they can't—they just don't have that luxury. So, I—I uh, like—I like that this is kind of going under the radar a little bit. Um, but I am ready and excited to see kind of what they're doing because EA had. Had it long enough. They've ruined it long enough. Someone else needs it. And I think Respawn is uh, handling this game. So I'm Something excited. I think to. it'll be good. Yeah, I'm excited as well. So, um, And then I've seen rumors. Uh, some stuff has been on the internet here and there about the PS5. Have you heard anything about it? Because I've seen things that said it should be released next year. But other yeah, than that, I've seen much. some rumors, but I haven't seen any rumors from Xbox. So... I right. wonder if we're going to get a solo release. Because be I feel like I feel like Xbox came out with their new high powered console, like literally last year. So are they really do they really have a whole nother brand new console in development? Are they really doing that? I don't know. So if the PS5 comes out, it may come out as a standalone, which might actually give Xbox time to get an edge in the marketplace. So I think, you know, because PlayStation doesn't tend to release 18 billion versions of a console, they probably spend more time on R&D on their new consoles. So right. I think I think Xbox might actually need to take a year, look at what the PS5 is, and actually come up with something that can rival it. Because, you know, I'm, I'm under no illusions that the Xbox is the less powerful console. It, it 100% is. It's just the yeah. one that I have. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... Um, and, and, you know, I feel like we've all been fairly brand loyal to a point and they need to start giving us good technology. Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it could be detrimental though, if, if they are a year behind on the console, I mean, I guess maybe not, you know, maybe there's, that's enough time for them to, you know, distinguish themselves from the PlayStation um, it depends what the PS5 is. If the PS5 is good enough to wrench my loyalty from Xbox, then I'll give them my money, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and if there's nothing for you to get from Xbox, well, then maybe, you know, until they, you know, it could be, who knows, you know, it's a lot of speculation, but, you know, as more stuff comes out, maybe we'll even dedicate an episode to it. Um, but that's... That was some something that I thought was interesting, even though, you know, could be a whole lot of nothing. The last thing I wanted to mention, though, and and this is more personal, uh, at least in terms of interest. Um, there is a game. Let me see if I can find the story again. There's a game called I think it's called Plague Plague Inc. Plague Inc. And uh, I, I guess like the premise is. 
to. I've played this. Either. You've done it. You've played it. Yeah, isn't that the one where you play as a virus and the goal is to infect the world? I believe so. Yes. Oh, it's great. It's a great game. It's truly yeah. fantastic. Well, they've added a new threat, and the new threat is anti-vaxxers. Um, oh no! And so this is this has been updated and put into the game, and I love it. I actually love it. I, I love that it's being put into the game, you know, from a science perspective as a potential risk threat to humanity. It is um, a threat, though. It it's is, a dangerous it's movement. A threat. It's a dangerous movement. It's an ignorant movement. And I mean both of those things in the most literal sense for anybody who has a thesaurus and a dictionary. You can look up what I mean by ignorant. Um. You're just not educated or you're, or you're not paying attention to the information, you know, and this isn't a science show and we're not, we're not going to beat the drum of, of that necessarily. But I do, I did think this was interesting enough to, to mention because, uh, because it's true and, uh, you know, and we're seeing the effects of it in the United States in certain pockets of anti-vaccination, you know, concentration or the, the, those practitioners where they're concentrated we're seeing rises in measles we're seeing rises in measles and in, in public areas where anti-vaxxers uh you know attend or congregate like disneyland we saw a break outbreak um and so yeah I, I think that's interesting i think that's interesting that they added it there's a petition to add it and it got accepted and so now it's in the game <laughs> very interesting uh i think they had the tagline uh, the tagline of the petition to include anti-vaxxers for this game had 21,000 people signed at the time of the writing of this article. And it was titled, very simply, Anti-Vaxxers are Stupid. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, alright. Well, good. That's good. Uh, not a lot of news, but uh, that gets us right into our topic, which is, how do you... Play games, meaning, you know, we, we, we all play different types of genres. Uh, we play different and, and we play differently in each one of those. And, and I personally have a very specific, particular way of going about most games, like regardless of the genre, I will play a game a very particular way. Um, I don't really deviate a whole lot from that. I kind of play it one or, you know, in which we'll get into, but, um, but anyway, yeah, so I wanted to go through a few different genres, a few different types of games, uh, and then maybe end with RPGs, because I think that's the one that's going to be the most detailed. But Okay. Um, so I don't know if there is a, you know, how, how much flexibility there are in this particular genre, but the first one I wanted to talk about was first-person shooters, so... In first-person shooters, do you have a particular gun that you like? Do you have a loadout that you like? Do you, um, you know, do you go in guns blazing? How do you play first-person shooters? I like to play with a, a loadout of one very close range and wearing one very long-range weapon. So I'd like a sniper rifle and a shotgun. That's If I've got those two things, I feel ready to go. Barring that, if they don't give you the option, um, I like to dual wield SMGs. I feel like I need more more bullets. Like you know, I, I need to be more, able to spray and pray. More, 
Yeah. And I would say with most shooters, I actually tend to play on easy um, because I want to experience whatever story they're telling more than I want to be frustrated by the experience. So, right. you know, if I, if I die too many times and really in any game, if I die too many times, then there's a big chance that I'm just going to turn it off and, and that's it. Right. So, um, I tend to play, I tend to play shooters, um, on easy and I tend to do one close range and one long range loadout. And I want a female character if there's an option. Yeah, that's what I was going to, I was going to ask that too. Do you pick male or female if there's an option? Um, yeah, you know, first person shooters, I'm very, I'm similar, almost exactly the same. I mean, I, I like, but. I like the the option of having a shotgun close range, especially if you're inside, uh, you know, a building or something. Um, then that's a you know especially effective weapon if you have the option of having a sniper rifle. I mean, even in Mass Effect, I would use a sniper rifle when possible. You don't get as much ammo, um, but if you're good with it, you know you you know you don't need it because it's usually a one shot one kill. Um, whereas pretty much every other weapon, you know, you'll have to constantly reload because it's like, they're just all bullet sponges. Um, but I think part of that is, is because I'm not as comfortable, don't really enjoy being right in the fray. You know, I don't want the bullets whizzing over my head. I'd like to be back far enough that I can see everything that's going on. And, um, (laughs) maybe somewhere subconsciously. Yeah, well, I just, maybe I feel subconsciously that I like the safety I feel. Maybe a false sense of security being way back there and being able to see everything. Um, The problem is, is like in Mass Effect 4 where you have some of the long-range weapons, but you're in a big outdoor area and you've got enemies that are huge and that attack you or, you know, they rush up on you. Well, then they they basically nullify your, your advantage. So unless you can no scope someone with your, uh, which you could do not very effective, not the most efficient way of shooting a, a sniper rifle, especially because it's usually one shot bolt action. You've got to reload. And do it again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you want to take your time with, with those, the more yes. realistic ones. So call of duty, um, battlefield, um, uh, halo even, you know, I liked having, the sniper rifle, and then the next one would be their dual wielding SMGs or having whatever their submachine gun equivalent was. Uh, that was, you know, I don't know if it stock the stock gun was the answer, but that's that's usually my loadout if I couldn't get a shotgun. Pistols never, um, yeah, and I, I never like really enjoyed. What's that? I don't like a pistol either. Yeah, I mean, I did use the pistol in Mass Effect, but I only used it because it was. That and I think the sniper rifle, maybe. I know pistols were pretty much the only gun that you could really excel at when you were a biotic. So, I had to. And I usually will pick a male character. Uh, I mean, I think that's somewhat natural. Uh, or, or, like, you could assume that. But I'm... But it, but not necessarily, you know. I just, I just prefer to play a male character. And usually because I am trying to, you know, get immersed in the game a little bit more. So anyway, so the first person shooters. So for games, do you, do you have to complete them? Are you a finisher? Uh, does it matter? And what does that, what kind of dictates if you finish or complete a game? 
So I think what dictates if I finish or complete a game is the type of game that it is. So like an FPS, like uh, like Call of Duty or whatever, I just like straight through the story. I'm not interested in picking up any memorabilia or whatever. I just don't care. Um, but if it's a action adventure game or an RPG, then I'm going down. I'll go out of my way to go down every side crevice like side crevice i'll do every side mission just because i feel like the content is more fleshed out i don't care about picking up stuff for picking up stuff safe like i want there right. to be some content behind that so it's kind of like the best example i can give is the cogs in gears of war i don't care i don't if i see <laughs> one i'll pick it up but i'm not going through other buildings out of my way to go and pick up the dog tags or the cogs. I just don't care. But say the Witcher, I have completed every quest of the Witcher, even the equipment set quests, every one of them, because they were all good content in interesting locations that was like thought out. So I think it just depends whether or not it feels like busy work or actual additional content yeah no i i agree i think that's that's a it's an important distinction like i i guess i was thinking that exact example about the cogs because if i could find them and i'd go around a corner and find one that's fine but that really slowed down the progression to go you know searching for cogs sometimes plus those big ass guys were so slow every i mean running everywhere so mm. you know just it, it added around. to the time like they were really cumbersome to control yeah they were and and so yeah i, I just wanted to kind of see the story and progress S spider man's a good example to me though of a and i'm i guess the witcher would be another one for you where i really really enjoyed the side missions it was fun they made collecting things worthwhile so even the backpacks they made sense because when you would collect a backpack, inside the backpack had backstory, it, it had lore, it had stuff, you know, history of Spider-Man. But also by collecting all of them, you unlocked another Spider-Man costume, which is was one of the kind of the big components of the game is unlocking all the costumes, being able to switch between them, some of them having their own special powers that you could unlock. And oh, so, wow, okay. So that, that added to the you know, that, that motivated you to go try to find them all. And, and so it made it a little bit more fun. It wasn't a chore. It wasn't just, you know, add, add a component to pad out the game. And uh, even though it may have been, they figured out a way to make it fun. And that's how you make that something people will actually go do. Um, whereas, you know, the flags in Assassin's Creed and other stupid things that you have to go collect that are just, they're just collection quests. They're just collections there is no for no reason yeah yeah there's yeah there's no benefit so I, I that those just do pat out the game and i do not need those so i will i will definitely finish a game um without completing it if it's like that spider-man i would i want to complete it's it's fun and, and it's probably one of the first games in a while that i've actually wanted to complete uh, to be that thorough um but yeah i don't even know that i will that you know that I will finish a game if somehow it loses me. Like say again, for instance, I'm playing that mutant. I was playing mutant, uh, mutant Eden or Return to Eden, Mutant Year Zero, Return to Eden, something like that. No one else is going to play it. It's fine, whatever. 
<laughs> it's a you know it's that turn-based <laughs> strategy game, and uh, I mentioned it a couple episodes ago. And the thing about this game is there is a mechanic. There's a, it's it's a stealth-based game where you are always outnumbered, and it's really easy to be outnumbered. Uh, and to be overwhelmed quickly. So if you make one wrong move, it could be the end of your, you know, so there's a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error. And, and having the high ground makes a big difference. Usually they'll have an enemy posted up and with on the high ground with a sniper rifle. And if that's the case, well, you're screwed because they will pick you off really quickly. You're not, you know, you are not bullet sponges one or two turns through that, that, uh, through that battle and you'll, you know, all of your characters will be dead. And, uh, and so, yeah, you have to very, very strategically choose which enemies to get, which ones to, who to attack first, make sure that you are strong enough to actually take them down before they notify other enemies. Because if they do, then they call in reinforcements. And then, like I said, you're screwed. Um, and so that, that was fun, but now I'm at a point where I've tried this one battle multiple times. And I think I'm just too, I'm too underpowered. I'm, I don't think I'm a high enough level to be there, but I don't know where else to go to get higher levels. You know, so I, I, I don't know where else to go. I don't want to, and I don't want to take the time to find out. It's not fun enough to make me want to go take that time out. So, right. uh, so yeah, so I probably won't play that one either. <laughs> uh, you know, and as fun as kingdom hearts is, I might go back to it. But there's so much to do. It's it's what's kept me from playing. I think it's Nino Cooney. Nino Cooney. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not just making up words. It is a game. Um, or Monster Hunter. You know, those are such so time consuming that I don't know that I would have. I don't. I just don't. I don't want to get started because I know I'll be disappointed because I can't finish them or I can't complete them. So right. Uh, not that they're bad games, just that I personally don't have the time to, to play them. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, so when you are starting a game, though, what kind of settings? Like, what do you play it on the hardest? What dictates what setting that you play it on? So, it depends. Oftentimes, when you play a game, they don't let you determine what setting it is. So you just start it, and then you have to level up based on the areas, kind of like an MMORPG. I don't mind those sort of games, as long as the progression curve feels natural. I don't want to suddenly uh, have somehow been doing it wrong, quote-unquote, and then go to the next mission story and just get smashed, because the the next quest is like 10 levels harder than it should be. Um, So, you know, and and a couple games have done that to me and I've just put them in the box and sent them back because how (laughs) dare you? Like, you know, I spent loads of time looting things. Um, You know, what's a bizarre example of this? The old, uh, the old Skyrim, the Elder Scrolls Morrowind, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It did that. I spent loads of time. I was like crafting stuff. I was going around the town. I was talking to people. I was stealing stuff. And then I went on my first mission and got absolutely blasted. Like, blasted. <laughs> and I was like, but I thought yeah. I was doing the right thing. But actually, no, I've just been spending the last six hours doing nothing productive. Like, nothing that is upscaling me. Now, if it gives me a difficulty selector, most of the time, I will choose easy because I don't want to 
die a lot. I really just want to get immersed and I don't want to be taken out of that. It doesn't change whether or not I feel like it's high stakes because I always feel like it's high stakes, but I also, I don't know, I want to feel overpowered in comparison to the baddies. Like, I don't want it to be a struggle. I want to be a hero. So yeah. this should be easy for me. You know, I'm awesome, you know? Um, <laughs> so if they give me an option, I usually will choose easy. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. For me, if I'm selecting the, if I can, if they do give me a choice to select, I will usually select whatever the, the default is normal or, or whatever. Um, I, I rarely, rarely ever switch it down to easy. And, and, and part of it is because in some games, if you switch it to easy, it changes the ending. Like you don't get like the best ending. And so if I finish it, I want to finish it and make sure I don't have to do this twice. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, or have yeah. to go watch it somewhere else. So, um, that's, that's really the driving factor. Uh, normally I guess I have some, I, I think maybe pride does it. Then it's like, I just want to say I finished this game, even though literally no one will ask me about that and it doesn't matter. <laughs> but in the back of my mind somewhere, there's some, point of pride where I'm like, I finished it. I didn't finish it on hard, but I didn't finish it on easy, but I have dropped the, uh, the difficulty. I think I dropped the difficulty on, on uh, uncharted once, um, to, uh, just because I was overwhelmed with enemies and I wanted it to be a little bit easier and I just wanted to get through the story. Um, cause really that's all that is, is if, if you've ever played, especially the last uncharted game, it's exposition dialogue, and then, and it's bookended by, by gunfights. So yeah. gunfight, dialogue, gunfight, yeah. dialogue, race, gunfight, dialogue. Um, so, I do get offended when you go to choose a difficulty and they say something like, for people who are new to MMORPGs, like, don't be like that. Don't be like that. I'm not new <laughs> to this. I'm just lazy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're just taking it personally. <laughs> I do. I get offended. But I have. Have you done things? On, have you went back and played games on a hard difficulty before? I sometimes, and uh, just to see, because I definitely have no interest in finishing it. I want to see what the difference is. Because um, I'll play Halo on like heroic and or on um, the legendary and stuff like that. But I've played Halo for well over a decade now so i'm right. pretty good at it like so it isn't that hard but i won't do it if i'm playing alone i want someone else as a backup in case i die so that i can still respawn well and part of that to me is also when you when you set it to that difficulty it can get it can be almost unfair like it is unfair there are things that will happen in the game that it's a mechanic that uh, sometimes is unavoidable and, and I don't like that. Like that's one of the things about like the hard mode I do not enjoy is mechanics that are, are literally unfair. And what I mean by that is it's like, it's not something you can block. It's a random occurrence that will one shot you and you'll just die, you know, and you were unlucky enough to have to, <laughs> to have to endure that, that one time. And it maybe it doesn't happen again, but when it does, it's not something that skill based wise, I could have actually avoided if that makes sense. So, right. Uh, you, you, I, I don't, you don't see that in, in, uh, you see that sometimes in, in shooters. Um, I was trying to think of a good example of, of a game where, um, 
Like, say, for instance, uh, one game where this happens is Mario Kart. I'm, I'm not going to brag, but I'm pretty good at Mario Kart. And uh, oh, it is a game I have played. Well, I've played Mario Kart for 20 years. And, and there, I, it was a, it's, a, it's probably the only game that I own besides maybe even Mario Tennis, Aces or whatever. Uh, those two games I would bet money on. Like, I would compete. Not Madden, not any of those other games. These two games, I would actually bet money on. I was like, okay, you play me. I'll take your lunch with Tekken. I will take your lunch. See, I don't, I'm no good at Tekken. I'm no good at fighting games. But the racing games, this racing game anyway, I'm pretty good at. I'm Uh, terrible at racing games. So, okay, well, look, I will bet. (laughs) We'll, we'll, Tekken versus No, you can do What, what will uh, so, that accomplish? But, what if we both play our respective games well? Then, then no one we, gets lunch. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one gets lunch. Well, the, the reason I say that, or bring that one up is because I think it's in the 200cc, the 150cc, both. Uh, the mechanics are almost impossible. Like, if you were in first place, and there have been people that have done episodes on this as well, if you're in first place, you are going to you're going to get the blue shell from somebody. And the blue shell is the heat seeking shell that will, that usually the person last place gets when they, when they get one of their, you know, the, the question boxes and they get an item. It's usually the blue shell. The blue shell will fly all the way to the first place person and blow them up. So no matter what, if you're in first place, you're going to, you get no good items. You'll get a coin and maybe a green shell at best, maybe a banana peel. Everybody else is getting red shells. This all sounds crazy. I know. Well, basically, if you're in first place, they don't give you anything to give you an advantage. If you are anything but first place, you get all the advantages. If you're in last place, you get the best things to help you catch up. And so there is no incentive to lead the race the entire time. The the best thing to do is to be in second place the first two laps. And then in the third lap... Try to pull ahead and win. Okay. That way you don't constantly, because what ends up happening is right before you get to the finish line, somebody hits you with a red shell and, and spins you out, and then they pull ahead of you because they stay right behind you the whole time. It's just to kind of push you. But, you know, when you know you're not going to get anything to, to, you know, help get you back in place and they're going to, you know, potentially knock you out right before the finish line, well, then you get second or third place sometimes fifth place when you've been leading the entire race and it is extremely frustrating um it's that's controller rage quitting level frustration um, <laughs> so, so that's that's kind of stuff i hate and so i i mean i don't play that level unless i'm just really mentally prepared for for that kind of frustration so um, well my pizza has just arrived so I Has think it's it? time for the most important question of all, character pizza. creation. No, I think the most important question right now is what kind of pizza is it? Uh, I think you'll find it's cheeseburger pizza. Don't at me. I won't, and that's okay. I was going to have issues only if it came with pineapples. No. And, uh, and, and the fact that it doesn't is okay. Anything else is... Anything else is fine as long as it's not pineapples. So, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about character creation because when you're given the option, this is mostly in RPGs. Correct. I 
always make an idealized version of myself. Always. <laughs> yeah. With like the hair I wish I had and the eyes I wish I had, but like sort of vaguely recognizable as me. Right. Isn't that what I, <laughs> I don't think so because I do the same thing and I always choose a, a an optimized male version of myself, usually probably probably taller. Um, definitely uh, more buff. Uh, not the most obnoxiously muscular that you could make them, but um, like even in when I was playing Swotor, uh, I would make every male character looked exactly the same. It was like I'm gonna make this one different. And the only difference was is they were different intergalactic races literally no other difference they looked the, they had the exact same build if he was a sith lord or a, a, a an, an empire or a galactic imperial agent or if he was a smuggler and they could all three be different races and they all three would look exactly the same build so I, it like subconsciously well. i don't yeah I, I i just i just did um, I didn't, I don't enjoy, I wouldn't enjoy playing a character that didn't look exactly like this. I don't, yeah, isn't that weird? That's so weird. What about I class? What do you, what do you tend towards? What do you like to play? I, um, so if you, Swotor was just very unique in that you, you had different ways you could play it, but, uh, like a, a smuggler class still was going to be out of the fray. They weren't going to usually be right up in the middle of things. And the, 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 uh, the Imperial agent was the same way. The Sith character I played was a tank. And so he was right in the middle of everything, but I didn't enjoy that. So generally when I choose a class, I like to choose something that's, uh, that's not necessarily that, that isn't, Dependent upon dependent upon their tank their level of tanking or their tanking ability as one of their main skills. So I usually select a healer if it's in an MMO. I'm usually a healer, um, or I am uh, you know something like since I play a shaman in, in World of Warcraft, I'm an enhancement shaman. So I dual wield axes and maces, but I never in the front. You know I always attack from the side or the back because I'm not. You know, I'm not a damage sponge, so. Right. So I, I usually, I will I will select a character like that. Uh, RPGs where you're not in like a big party, I still think I, I kind of gravitate to, you know, having powers, um, some combination of ranged attacks, and, and uh, I'm just, not, I'm not big on, I think that may be one reason why I didn't finish Skyrim, because I thought that the wizard, going the wizard route was kind of weak. But I didn't enjoy the hand-to-hand -hand combat, so right. uh, so there wasn't anything that was in between, like the biotic in, in Mass Effect or a, a Jedi or Sith in, in Star Wars games to kind of uh, draw me in. Because the wizard, if you ever got hit, I mean, you were dead. You know, you had to stay. Oh away yeah, from it's so squishy. Head. Yeah, it's very squishy. So yeah, so that's that would be uh, that I kind of. You're most of my characters that way. What about you? Um, if it's an MMORPG, I want a critical role. So I'm either going to be a healer or a tank um, because yeah. I, I like people to depend on me and, and I do well under pressure. Um, yeah. And I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know what DPS does. Like either <laughs> I'm doing it wrong or it isn't that hard. 
but like it's i don't not get that it hard it's yeah, not that like, hard that's the it. problem that's why healers and tanks always get so mad at dps because they do stupid shit and it's yeah. really it's not hard it's just you know stay out of the fire hit them don't yeah. pull aggro you know don't 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 aggro the boss before the tank's ready um Stay in range so the healer can heal you. Pay attention to your surroundings, basically. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get... Every time I've played his damage, I'll be like, am I doing this wrong? Because this seems boring. Really? Like, yeah, it's Yeah, boring. it's boring. Yeah. So if I'm playing uh, like an RPG on my own, I am always ranged. Always. And yeah. if there's an option. And if there's an option to be like a stealth archer, I'm doing it. Always. Yeah. I've played Skyrim twice through, both times as a stealth archer. I, I could make any other class, but I just, I love it so much. I have to be yeah. mixed stealthy pants. And if I don't have the option to be stealthy, then I'll be ranged magic or something like that. But I definitely yeah, but prefer, ranged. yeah, ranged of any kind. But I don't, I don't actually gravitate towards magic because I find that dealing with a separate magic bar, as you usually have to do, is kind of a bit annoying. So I'd yeah. rather be like a hunter or something like that and just stay at range um, yeah. where, rather than a magic dealer, even though they do have the coolest powers usually. They usually do. And, and you know, I think those some of those games are too hard to compare. I, I agree. Ranged is generally, I usually pick a male character, uh, usually ranged. I also like to, like, to have some agency. I like to be dependent upon, and I think that's why I always like healing. But I don't, I never have enjoyed being a tank. So, um, and maybe I think tanking is harder than healing to me, <laughs> so it's on a hierarchy, but I, I enjoy healing. I just like that component. I like being, saving somebody from the brink and, and, and stuff like the that. The only so. thing I don't like about tanking is that you're, you have nothing good to look at. Like all you're yeah. looking is it is it the boss's knees and physic effects all the time. Like right. tanking isn't, isn't a nice looking place to play however if you're a good tank and you can pull mobs and you can you know you know you can um control uh, a, a mob it really is exciting i mean i used to in city of heroes pull 30 or 40 enemies and like put on my god mode and then just stand there in this horde of things just jump i couldn't even see my characters i'm just surrounded and we like light them up and then just they'd all die that i mean that's great that's that is, brilliant that there's, that's powerful, and I think that's pretty cool to get to see. I think you feel kind of powerful from that. Um, yeah, so I think that, I mean, there's more to MMOs and RPGs, I think, that we probably could have gotten into. But I think I also, I, I wanted to, um, if, if there is ever a stealth versus aggro approach, I'm assuming you go stealth. Always. Every time. Yeah. There are a number of games where that is the option. Stealth is the option, and not even in MMOs uh, or RPGs. It like games like The Last of Us, games like Dishonored, um, Hitman, obviously one yeah. Hitman. Yeah, I am always one hundred percent stealth. I'm not as good at it sometimes. I've sucked at it royally in Red Dead Redemption. There is no, I'm not good at. It. I get spotted all the time, and in games like that, where like the mechanics are a little bit clunkier for me. Um, Deus Ex, hundred percent stealth everywhere I went. Um, so yeah, definitely stealth versus aggro. But 
Well, good. I think we learned a lot about ourselves. We like to be dependent upon. We like to, uh, we also like to keep our distance um, and burn everything's face down from, uh, you know, at a, from, from a ways away. I, I can, I can appreciate it. Maybe complete things or not. It's really dependent upon uh, how much, how much fun it is. Um, and if it's not, As it should it's not be. Going to. As it should be. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with your questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later. See you later.